Hello and welcome to the BIF podcast, podcast for those with several cognitive deficiencies, diagnosed or not, that manifest in learning disabilities, absent-mindedness, forgetfulness, and overall struggles with life and social skills. I'm your host, MJ. I'm not diagnosed with a disability, but I suspect that I function in the BIF range. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A lot has happened since the last episode a few weeks ago. The Will Smith slap happened that weekend, and of course the the war is continuing, the gas prices are going up, and all that stuff. Hate to remind you of these things, but um, so many things. It seems like so many things have happened, uh, and then even just after two weeks, <laughs> it seems like nobody's thinking about the slap anymore. But that that week was was insane. I was originally going to try to derive some connection to BIF from that that whole incident, but um, I thought about it because nowadays commenting on any news event runs the risk of pigeonholing yourself into a political camp and offending half your audience. So I'll just leave that topic alone and instead talk about something that's that's really tied to my recent personal experience. If you've been listening to this podcast uh, already, you probably are aware that I, I have a father who's who's aging and is terminally ill and he's getting progressively closer to his time uh, with worsening complications as time has been going by and this has taken of course a priority in my life and in my family's life in the last several weeks if not months Um, but nevertheless when I do make podcast episodes or you know the inspiration comes to make an episode it's very therapeutic and it's a nice little break from you know all the all the all the things that we're going through. So um, this is really for me is is just as much therapy as for, it is for me, and and useful and helpful for me as I hope it is for uh, for you listening. With that said, today's episode is inspired by a conversation I just had with a friend regarding how my dad's illness has kind of really reshaped my perspective and goals for my life uh, moving forward. So I'm going to get into a, a little bit with with my dad here and explain uh, a little bit more detail. My father was diagnosed with cancer for the second time in the last 15 years, uh, four years ago. So four, about 15 years ago, he got diagnosed. Uh, he overcame it with treatments, and, and it went in remission, and everything was fine, thank, thank goodness. But four years ago, he got another diagnosis of cancer. He went... You know, he went the usual treatments, the the um, what do you call it, the radiation and the, the the things that you inject. I forget what it's called. It escapes me from my mind. But he went through the usual treatments. It was tough, and he started to recover then as well. But a couple of years ago, the the cancer came back, and this time there was no other treatments. Uh, available that would that would make an impact he couldn't do radiation again and and the other treatments just were were just basically trying to um, extend his life really at that point so in a nutshell at this point he's, he's almost completely bedridden is he's surviving on you know g2 feedings oxygen tubes and a lot of other treatments and for the most part, our family has pitched in and you know to help with this constant care. But, but there has been a lot of stress on the family, as you can imagine. And it has us exposed some unhealthy dynamics. Um, uh, you know, 
a person with BIF is not typically, typically, I think, maybe not going to shine in times of added or extreme stress because times of extreme stress require more quick mental processing, you know, the ability to, to make decisions under stress, under duress, under time constraints, and handle a lot of different responsibilities. And, you know, these are things that um, most human beings can, can kind of live up, you know, basically step up to the plate and, and, and perform. And people with BIF, it's, it's a little bit harder to do that, which hence is why it's a little bit harder for them to, you know, be able to handle other responsibilities in life, such as parenting and, you know, marriage, whatever, what, what have you. But I don't want to say that, you, you know, someone with BIF cannot handle these things because they absolutely can, especially in their way. So I don't want to uh, definitely um, sell, sell, sell people short that have BIF or, or learning disabilities in some sense. But uh, without going into too much detail, you know, I started handling most of my father's medical care at the beginning as I, when I was living with my parents at that time about when he first got the diagnosis four years ago. And so I was, you know, because I was there, I was, I was handling most of his doctor's appointments and, and care. He needed, you know, he needed to be driven. He need, you know, I, there was, a, he had a lot of specialists and I was the main contact and I sorted things out. Sometimes I had my other siblings go to appointments and I, this is while I was still working full time. <laughs> so, you know, and, and, but at that time his, his treatments were, you know, he just needed to be driven to appointments and you needed to uh, keep track of all the medications and and different tests and exams. So it wasn't that easy, but it was nothing compared to what's going on now. But uh, uh, I was doing a, the bulk of that for a couple years. And then he then obviously the cancer came back and um, I moved out uh, around, you know, I don't remember exactly, but I moved out. A year and a half ago, uh, right after, you know, his cancer kind of was coming back. Um, and then at that point, when his cancer, you know, as, as his condition kind of got worse and I wasn't in the home, my other brother kind of took over, my other brothers and, you know, and my, you know, other people, my brothers and, and, and uh, his wife, my mom uh, took over more of the responsibilities of, uh, of his care and so but I was a little bit burned out I was a little bit burned out and I needed to get out of for many other reasons not just the medical but there was other some other dynamics in that in, in my parents home that were stressful that had nothing to do with my father's illness so I, I, I needed to move out and I did and um, I'm surprised you know my brothers have taken over a lot of the care but but recently especially the last four to six months, um, I've, I've been able to, you know, get back into the fold and help out and, and just really be more involved and, and spend some time. Really, that's what he would like. It's not so much the... It, there's a lot of care and, 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 and complexities and of the, the different treatments that he needs and how often and how many feedings and, you know, all these different things, Right. But it's not just that, it's it's spending time, it's knowing when, you know, how much time you can spend. And that's what I've been trying to do the last four weeks. You know, I've surprised myself with how much I can 
have been able to offer and the strengths that I've demonstrated in helping with my dad's care in the past several weeks. And I've come to find out that I'm a little bit, I'm a lot better at handling his physical needs more than more the more complicated like medical and financial affairs. Not that I'm not able to do that also, but I just, you know, I just know my strengths, you know. And so um, another reason for the earlier burnouts because I offered myself too much and I didn't advocate enough for myself uh, to ask others to help when 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 was necessary, you know. And this is something that just a side tangent. Many people with BIF or LD, including myself, sometimes we often want to be extra nice and accommodating, kind of out of our own insecurity, kind of to compensate for the fact that we we know that we're a little bit slow and we want to compensate for that because we, we're afraid of that people might not think that we're capable or able to handle things so we, we 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 compensate for that by being too nice too accommodating you know and uh, and that's what i was doing well perhaps sometimes maybe we we just don't process things and realize at the in the moment when our needs are not being considered especially when we're around more dominant personalities you know and sometimes people people with BIF and LID, we can be susceptible to being manipulated or exploited. That, that, that whole, that takes judgment, you know, the ability to use good judgment and assess your personal time and energy capacity and recognize when others are not being considered of your needs. Those are, those are basic, but essential, very critical skills of, of, for, for anyone that's going to be, uh, well-adjusted and successful adult you know an adult when anyone goes into adulthood you're going to take on more and more responsibilities eventually you may you may have a partner you may have children uh you may have you're going to have bills of course you're going to have a lot of responsibilities and a lot is going to be thrown at your plate and most people know or are able to handle it or know their limits when they're you know, getting, they're going past their limits. Sometimes people don't know and they push themselves or they you know, resort to, you know, too much caffeine or dr- drugs and alcohol, you name it, right? But but, but really a successful and well-adjusted adult knows when to um, ask for help. But for me, that was tough to do. I, I sometimes would offer myself too much uh, to compensate and some people would, take advantage of that and not offer you know know that oh, okay this person's gonna offer and just kind of lean on that and so that's something that for me and I think for some for, for a lot of other people that that could be a common thing a common thing you know within this whole situation there's been a microcosm of, of, of a contest of wills of for fairness and equal contribution <laughs> that I've had to navigate the balance between offering myself too much or not enough and that's not as easy as one might think because, you know, for me, I'm an empathetic person by nature, but I'm also introverted and I, I, I get easily stressed. You know, I don't like to be pushed and stressed. So I, I've, I constantly have to, you know, really, really battle with my conscience and my sense of duty and my sense of judgment as an adult to determine the appropriate amount of, of, of contribution that I can give in this situation. And I think in the last several weeks, I've been doing a better job of communicating with my family, my employer, and using my own judgment to take steps to ensure that I will 
you know, that I will take the time off from work when it's appropriate or, you know, I'll, I'll do other things and, and coordinate with my family, my siblings to be with my father as much as I can, you know, uh, and still be responsible for the things I'm responsible for. Right. So as a person that has never married or raised children, I feel that I, I feel that I've grown significantly from this entire experience especially in the last several months i've just really had to really been forced to look at my my own personality my own selfishness or you know lack of judgment or 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 to you know uh, the things that i mentioned over accommodating over accommodating for others like i've had to really sort this out and engage you know what's best the what's the best thing to do what's the right thing to do based on my conscience and my my capacity you know and i feel like it's 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 been it's been a growing a learning experience a a a, a time of growth i think and it's been challenging <laughs> it's been challenging sometimes i haven't slept enough or i just been worried or i've had some arguments with my family or you know whatever but through it all, you know, I think uh, the end result is that, that I think I, I've grown and I've, I've shown that I can handle a lot more than I think I can. You know, that's, that's the encouraging thing. And that gives me a lot of confidence and hope that I can uh, handle other things in my life moving forward. So, I mean, of course, I'm in many ways, I'm, I'm the same person, but certain things will never change. But in many ways, I'm a lot stronger, a little wiser and smarter, uh, smarter than I was 20, 15 or even 10 years ago. And this brings me to my next topic. You know, seeing seeing my father in his weakened state uh, has made me think a lot about what it might be like for me when I get to this position, uh, when I'm when I'm older. And unlike my father, I have no children. And the clock is ticking. I mean, even people, you know, most people say, you know, for women, it's more critical. But even for men, I don't want to be a, a father at, you know, father a child at 55. And then by the time they're in the teens, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm an elderly person. I mean, people have done it, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Instead, um, if I do want to have children... You know, and if it's not going to happen soon, I may have to consider adopting. Um, especially since if if there's a chance that genetically I might pass on my BIF genes, I, that makes me insecure as well. That's been another reason I've been I mean, I, that 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 I've thought about in the past as, that has made me hesitate a little bit. But I just and and there's no guarantee when you have children that you're you know that they're going to be responsible and they're going to care enough to do, you know, to, to, to take care of you when you're old and sick. There's no guarantee. You know, there's no guarantee they're going to raise them correctly or there's no guarantee that they're going to um, want to do it or, you know, who, there is no guarantee. A lot of things could happen, right? But it would be nice to have someone, you know, to... To carry on your your legacy, your 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 family name, whatever you you know, to inherit whatever you have to pass on to them, and for them to you know be there when you're in your last days, 
and it, you know never has this become so so forward in my mind until now so clear and, and present in my mind until now and I was having this conversation literally the other night two nights ago with a very special friend of mine and we were talking and I and I brought this up to to my friend and I, and I said you know man I'm I, I, I I'm really considering maybe you know adopting a child you know um, I mean I'm Full disclosure, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, in uh, the moment, I'm not married, but I, I am seeing someone, and, but you know, it takes time, especially for someone like me, that was BIF, like, it takes time to, you know, I don't know if the other person wants to have children, um, is, you know, wants to have them, what their parenting style is gonna, I don't know that yet. But I don't want to rely or depend on finding a person that's going to be young enough to have a child, get to know them, get established, have a child with them. Like I'm, if that happens, great. You know, if that happens, great. But I'm willing to look at all options, basically. You know, whether it's the natural way. You know, just having a a a, a my own genetic child, sure, or, or, or adopting, you know, but either way, I, I want to do it within the next five years, you know, um, something like that, I, you know, I haven't mapped it out, but, but I'm, I say this to say that the last 20 years, you know, I've never really, uh, at the beginning in college, I thought, you know, maybe I'll have children, but then when I started to realize my my deficits, my weaknesses, um, my struggles with being responsible with employment and uh, my struggles with social skills. I really lost faith that I could be capable of raising children. I mean, anyone could have children, but not everyone is going to be a good parent. I think we can all agree with that. Not everyone's um, ready sometimes or, or capable, right? Not Not, you know... And I and I had you know from my experiences in my childhood, I don't just want to have kids nilly willy because it's it's a huge responsibility, and if if you if you do some you know not just financially and making sure there's a roof over their head, but just the way that you treat your children, the way that you raise them, it affects them their whole life. If 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 you're not nurturing, if you're abusive, you know what I mean. All those things matter. It's not just the financial, but it's the the, the the you know being responsible for them knowing how to guide them how to instruct them how to advise them how to encourage them when they when they fall you know how how to really inspire them and be there for them you know it's a huge responsibility but I never I didn't have faith that I could be a good parent um and so uh. I, I didn't want to have children. Even even the few times, you know, I, I wasn't I'm I wasn't exactly a ladies' man. I had, but I did have some relationships, and I I was, um, you know, sometimes sexually active and all that. But I was very careful not to, um, as, as far as I know, as much as I could, not to have children. Um, but 
you know, now uh, my, my, my perspective has, has changed. Um, I'm starting to see that I, I am a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser. Um, I have some of the same struggles, but I'm, I'm, but I'm more aware of them and I'm more, I'm a little bit more accepting of myself and understanding of my limitations and my strengths. So I think if I have the right partnership and the right support group around me, the same, the right people around me, I think, I think I can, I can, I can, um, actually do it. You know, if I have the right mindset, the right support, the right things set up in my life, I think I could totally do it. Um, and I, and, and this is something new. I, I, I literally the last, just recently that I've even thought about this and, um, yeah, it's, it's just, just to say it out loud, it's, uh, I'm getting a little choked up because I never, you know, I never, never thought that, um, I never thought of myself as, um, someone that was capable or, or just worthy, you know, worthy of, uh, being a parent, you know, a father. For many years, I just gave up on that idea, and uh, you know, it's something so basic to being a human being. You know, that most something so uh, to to most people, it's so natural. It's you don't you don't think about it. It's you know, you grow up, you get married, you have children, and 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 you parent them, and you have grandchildren. But for many of us with BIF and LD. It's not a possibility, particularly for, you know, some, sometimes we do end up having children without meaning to, and those weaknesses come out and are exposed when we're trying to parent and we don't do a good job, or we, we don't understand our limitations when we're too young, and we, you know what I'm saying, those things, and those things happen to anyone, you know, not just people at BIF, but uh, I was lucky that I, didn't, I wasn't in that situation, I can say, that I, I definitely, if I would have had children at a young age, I would have, I wouldn't have been ready at all. I would have, it, it, I, I wouldn't have been a good parent. I would have struggled. I would have wanted to, but I would have really struggled. And so in that sense, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I was, that I spared, <laughs> I was spared from that. I, I didn't do that. But now as a 44 year old person, I have a better understanding of myself and, and of life. And, um, what I can handle and what I can't and where I need help. And I think now I can start to feel like maybe I can do this in the right circumstances. And that's something that I can, um, you know, little by little start moving towards, uh, now on from now on, you know, so who, I almost got choked up there. <laughs> I, well, I was getting choked up, but I almost, uh, I lost it there. So as I mentioned, this was um, one of my, I was talking about support groups because in uh, having the right partner, you know, when I was really quick, when I was, I was, I don't think I mentioned this in um, previous podcasts, but I was part of a, of a um, Christian church uh, for a large part of my adult life from when I was 17 until I was 28. Now the church Church was one of those um, people. A lot of people called them a cult. It was like a very high pressure 
high demanding church where you know they all their members they 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 require them to 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 be at every function uh, Wednesdays Sundays sometimes Friday nights they s- pressured us to recruit people you know invite people and, and convert people they really they thought like like a lot of other church groups they thought they were the ones with the right doctrine and everybody else was not going to go to heaven unless we converted them like that kind of thing I'm not going to say what church it was but it sounds very bad <laughs> but there were some good things about it there was the people there you know the leadership is is the reason why it was like this but the but the the rank and file most of the people there were very very amazing loving accepting and it was a huge support group for me which is why I didn't leave for so long and a lot of people didn't leave even though that we we did experience a lot of pressure you know in in spurts off and on a lot of us didn't leave because we 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 develop such strong relationships and bonds with each other that it, that that's what kept us in the church and that was the case for me in many ways i was there until i was 28 years old i know where it was very i didn't i didn't drink i didn't party i didn't have sex nothing it was just you know you were only allowed to date people within your church so it was very strict and in some ways i was sheltered from life and but in a lot of other ways, I, I had a I had a family. I had a, I had a I had a place where people accepted me. I had a place to go to every Sunday, every Friday night, every you know. So I want to take the good things out of that experience, and not the not the not the bad things, the pressure and the guilt and the shaming and the. I want to take the the support group aspect, and that's what I want to find. And I know there's support groups out there for people with learning disabilities. I, I've seen them on Facebook. I just started joining some of them. I think there's another thing called Meetup that has all kinds of groups, you know. But this, this, it's still a stigma to have a disability or to have, um, to have learning a learning disability or or just to be a little bit slow, a little bit socially awkward. It's 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 still kind of a stigma. It's not, you know, it, it's it's hard to quantify this thing, identify it. But it is a real thing, and a lot of us have it. And we need each other. We need to support each other. We need to, to know that we're not alone and that there are others like us and that we're, we're doing the best we can and we're not terrible people. We're not, you know, inferior people. and you know, We're not less than. We're still worthy of respect, of love, and we're still capable of a lot in this life we can still do a lot and be responsible for a lot we just need to be understood and we need that support and the encouragement that comes from knowing that there's others around us that won't judge us that that can understand what we're going through there's nothing like the encouragement that that bring that that comes from that there's nothing like it people that don't know what it's like can, it can only connect with you and can only encourage you so much it's the people that know exactly what you're going through um or parents of, of people like that that can especially but really more the people that are that know who you're going through those are the people that you can really bond with the most that really uh, be encouraged by the most and be supported by the most you do need people obviously and you're going to have people that are not bif in your life already but you do need a bit a, a bit of a balance of both, I think. And so, 
that's you know it was encouraging when I went on fa uh, Facebook. You know, originally I, my podcast was just going to be on BIF, uh, BIF, and people that are a little slow, a little absent-minded, socially awkward. Pretty much that's it. I, I didn't even think about learning disabilities, but some of the um, studies that I've I've read, people have connected the two. Um, and I mentioned this in one of my earlier episodes, I believe it was episode four or three, <laughs> it's one of those. Um, and, um, so now a lot of other people, it's, it's more like the top, the, 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 um, topic of learning disability is a little bit more accepted. I, I feel in society it's a little bit more known and that's why there's more support groups. And to me, BIF in, in, LD are very similar, so that's why I've been saying them, making them both equal, and 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 using those terms uh, together in this in this podcast in this episode at least, and I will be doing moving forward. So um. But yeah, that's that was ideally that was my my initial idea was just BIF. Now I've included LD learning disabilities, and the goal was to spread the word, and I and that's still my goal. And I, 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 if you're listening and you're you're part of, you know, a, a support group, um, whether it's for learning disabilities or where, wherever you heard this from, spread the word. I mean, not only spread the word about the podcast, but but look for support groups yourself. You probably chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already in a support group because those are the ones that I'm, you know, telling about this podcast. But if you're already in a support group get engaged don't just make comments but try to try to connect with people more directly send them direct messages if people live in your area you know get in contact with them if you can if 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 you're so in, inclined to do so i think that there's only so much you can do on just posting on facebook you know and the and the, the messages do encourage you are encouraging at times but if there's people that you can connect with even further, it's all the better. And if we, if these groups can grow, if, if these groups can come out of Facebook and, and you know, can have groups from your school districts and your churches and your whatever places of worship, whatever religion you are, it doesn't matter, you know, in your community, the more groups we can start and grow and develop, the more people that can be made aware of this the more people will understand it the more people will accept it the, the less it'll be stigmatized and the more encouragement and support people like us with BIF and, and LD will get and the more we're, we're the more we'll be able to the less likely we'll be isolated depressed anxious and alone so that's that's really the ultimate goal. That's why I don't, I don't do any advertise. I mean, I just started. I, I don't do any advertisements right now. This is the goal, you know. Now, eventually, I'm going to try to get some um, compensation from this because I am putting a lot of time into it. But really, that's not the goal of this. This The goal is to spread the word. The goal is to connect people, to, to bring awareness about this. So if you're listening to this and you can relate, join and engage, like I said. And groups educate yourself in the latest science around this condition. If you just type in, uh, if you just Google uh, BIF or even learning disabilities, obviously you can get information from other people from these groups. The more you can educate yourself, also that helps with um, empowering yourself, knowing 
the science behind this condition and knowing that it's not something that that is your fault. You know, if you were born a certain way, you know, it's good to recognize your strengths and weaknesses, not be a victim per se, but understand yourself so that you can set yourself up for, for success instead of failure. Okay, so that's my encouragement to, to everyone today. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. Spread the word to your friends, family, teachers, support groups, etc. Also, take a few minutes to write a review if you're using Apple Podcasts. That would really um, help the, the profile of the show. Okay, until next time, be strong, be kind, and be well. <laughs>